Brony Show on CFRC 101.9 FM. And as always, I'm kicking it back with Evan. It's been a rather, I'd actually say exciting past couple weeks in basketball. Well, past week more rather. With the Suns finishing off the Nuggets swiftly and a uh, quickly changing Bucks net series. Mm-hmm. Bucks net series is mostly of note. I felt like I was totally wrong on the first two games. Brooklyn came out, Milwaukee came out weak, and Brooklyn came out ridiculously strong. Like I, my whole thing was I really didn't see. Blake Griffin, like I didn't see anyone on the Nets be able to handle Giannis. Uh, I mean, Blake Griffin, like did that and more the first game, really the first two games, and they worked around that. The last two games, and and partially it's it's they Brooklyn's been struggling struggling because they haven't had as much offense, especially with Kyrie down. But but um, Blake's energies kind of seems to it. it it's reverted back to maybe how I've expected, I'll say. Um, but man, if Kyrie doesn't get injured, I don't, I don't know where that series, where that series goes. But I'm almost, it, it's, it would be a shame if, if we couldn't get Kyrie and or Harden back. And the Harden one's interesting because it seems like he's probably realistically he's probably just as injured right now as he was last week or maybe even the start of the playoffs but like Harden's injury seems like it's kind of a uh only use him when you have to um so we'll see if he gets subbed in in game five but like it's an interesting series now the one thing that it's like everyone's kind of been talking about like from my perspective it's just it's 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 not that even but People are doing the whole, um, well, now it's Katie's turn in the East with no teammates against a stacked regular season squad who's never had success in the playoffs in the Bucks. LeBron did it for the past. I don't want to bring LeBron in this because I feel like LeBron's not worth talking about. Um, but anyways, LeBron did it for however many years straight on the Cavs. Um, well, it's, it's Katie's turn. That narrative's kind of fun because if KD can pull it off, and I, I like Brooklyn can can still win this, um, and KD has a huge game, that would be like that would be kind of a nice narrative. It could go in the flip way though, and KD could really look bad if if the Bucks throw everything they have at him because Kyrie and Harden are on the floor. We'll see though. I'm interested. No, and I I think a big worry everybody had with the Nets this season and a rightful worry that we all had was due to their sparse attendance, you could say during the season, if that happened to the playoffs, what do they do? And I mean, Blake Griffin, like you said, has stepped up to the plate in many ways that people never expected after his play in Detroit. But it's not like this was the, this is the weakness to this team is that you've got three guys on the older side, I mean, Kyrie, yeah, still still relatively young, but three guys on the older side. All of them have had injury issues in the past, not major ones. Well, Kevin Durant has had some, everyone, I mean, at that point, you, at that size, you've all been banged up. Certain amount of miles it seems to apply to everybody but LeBron. This was inevitable. So it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back. 
And like you said, we could easily see a 50-plus point game from KD. It's it's hard not to say he's, st- he's still one of the best bucket getters, if not the best bucket getter in the NBA at the current moment. But I'm liking how the Bucks are looking. And with that being said, the Bucks aren't entirely healthy as well. With, I mean, Pat Connington down. And the fact that that's like a big mention for them right now as far as depth. Is it DiVincenzo or Connaughton? Who's Both. Oh, did Connaughton get injured last game? Yeah, that's what I believe. True. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, hard to compare Connaughton and DiVincenzo to... Kyrie and uh, Harden? Yeah. Yeah, it's on the opposite side of the spectrum, but... But, like, yeah, no, I mean, I'm not... Each team's depth, like, it almost seems, uh, I wish one of, I, I have a feeling Harden will be back the next game. Um, but like you said, yeah, it's, it's, for the Nets, they obviously couldn't have, um, you know, been in, been in fear. They couldn't have been living in fear of the, um, for them to be injured during the playoffs, it happens. It happened to the Lakers. Um, it really happened to the Nuggets, honestly. But um, we're also kind of seeing, and I understand why they didn't. They didn't do it um, because they have Kyrie, Durant, and Harden, some of the most ball dominant and talented players in the world. But they really don't have any kind of on ball talent other than those three like I saw Joe Harris really really revert back to kind of standing in the corner like he has so many more opportunities um Blake of course does even guys like Jeff Green and and Shamit get open shots when the other Harden Kyrie are playing they're really like Milwaukee's definitely um more depthful in that sense, uh, which is why I think, I mean, it's just going to be tough for Brooklyn is what I'm saying. But even like going back to my point with the whole, like Mike James was handling the ball. It felt like the second most for Brooklyn after Kyrie went down. Uh, even if it's, if it's, you know, one um, of Hardner Kyrie not being able to go ahead moving forward, like that's, that's kind of another issue that I didn't maybe all the way see. Um, and it's not like bad on Brooklyn's GM. I think, who is it? Sean King. It's just like an interesting, uh, you don't really, like I didn't envision Brooklyn kind of standing around like they were um, last game. It was just interesting to see. Is all. No, I agree. And, I think it maybe is a little shock because all those guys for the past, well, not I guess not that many games, like seven games, have all been relying heavily and focusing and preparing for that off-ball role. I mean, it might reach the point where Steve Nash is going to rip off the suit, step in, be wearing the Brooklyn Nets jersey, and start running the offense from the court. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm curious to see where this series goes. Uh, it feels. I. I hope. I hope. Brooklyn gets one of their guys back, though. That would make for a fun one and for it to probably go seven. The other series in the East, Philadelphia-Atlanta. 
not much to talk about. Atlanta took the first game. They shot the lights out, and Philadelphia's come back strong, kind of as expected. Philadelphia's just the better team. Philadelphia is a good team. It just... I don't think they're getting uh, under or overlooked, but, like, I don't know. They're, they're almost... I don't think, like, they're not under-overrated. It's just, like, interesting how they've been getting relatively no attention. No, and this is the one that's definitely been on the back burner. I'm wondering, I guess, why you think that is. I don't know. Neither of their opponents, like, the Wizards were probably, the Wizards felt like the worst team in the playoffs by a far, far stretch. Um... And the Philadelphia versus, versus Atlanta, the game one where Trey Young came in the building and did all of his um, Trey Young stuff, that was a bit of fun too. But like the Sixers don't, Sixers don't like. I don't know. I, the only thing I would remark on why the Sixers may be a bit more dangerous than people are thinking would be around that when Ben Simmons is is really sticks to your other team's guy and he didn't in game one with Trey Young and he has in game two and game three. In game three I think they switched a bit of Tybal and and Simmons on Young. But like Simmons is a really, 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 really good defender when he has that individual assignment that he's locked on to. Um and then Tobias Harris like we said it at the beginning of the season, and it's not really anything to be like, oh, he's an all-star. He, he's improved so much. But like, he has played better in these types of scenarios than he is in the past. So, like, Sixers could look a lot worse. And I think, um, I think it will be tough for them because I think they haven't really seen it, what it feels like playoff basketball yet. I think going into the next series um, against Milwaukee and Brooklyn, it's it, it, they may be hit a bit hard at first and not able to recover. But, like, the Sixers are really good. Um, just, like, again, actually not that worth talking about because I, I don't think there is any overrating or underrating going on. It's just, maybe people aren't totally considering... Uh, their defensive ability, and like I said, Tobias Harris, if he steps up, they're all of a sudden, you know, a really good offense too. No, and beyond that, like you said, like just the statement that that you can make that Ben Simmons locks down the other team's best guy. For New York, for the Knicks, that was Julius Randle, and for the Hawks, it's Trey Young. And he, I mean, that's a pretty big size skill. Well, uh, size, skill, you could say, like, is the way they use their skill set difference between those two players. And having somebody like that who can attack any type of player and make their life difficult on a nightly basis is an advantage in every playoff series, especially when Joel Embiid is putting the numbers up like he is. Mm-hmm. I'd say that. I'd say I'd only just add quickly that um, Simmons wasn't guarding Randall in that first series. Because they didn't play them, but Simmons like Simmons doesn't jump off the charts. Oh yeah, sorry, my bad. <laughs> on on any crazy like metrics, like the defensive metrics and 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 the blocks and 
percent blocks percentages and rebounds and all that stuff all kind of say that Gobert is number one. But whenever there's kind of a graphic of, and I remember, because I always, um, I don't know why, but I like watching uh, Philadelphia play the Lakers. So whenever that's on in the regular season, I make sure to catch it. I remember there was a stretch where Simmons like locked down. It was it was a West Coast stretch, and Simmons went from essentially guarding uh, like a Curry, LeBron to uh, Kawhi, and I think there was a Kings game mixed in there. Um, he can really, really eliminate the other team's best player if that's the game plan. So that's where I think that's where I think Simmons is most dangerous because I I saw LeBron like. Totally, not that he hasn't been acting this way recently, but I, LeBron was, I think, put up like 10 shots against Simmons. And I saw Kawhi totally defer when Simmons was on him. I just, I think Simmons is a bit of an underrated piece. Like, I'd rather have him in a playoff series on the defensive end than Gobert for me, for example. Yeah, no, just the versatility of what he can do. And I guess that doesn't apply to the offensive side for either of them. But Speaking of Rudy Gobert, let's talk about the Jazz for a little bit. They came out hot out of the gates, to say the least, and Donovan Mitchell has been absolutely on fire. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know what Kawhi does when he's down 2 nothing, and he did it again. Where do you think this series is going to go from this uh, kind of 2-1 advantage point for the Jazz? Yeah, the Clippers had a really tough turnaround. They played a lot of games against the Mavericks. And they kind of headed right into Utah, who was who was pretty rested. Um, so it kind of felt like almost automatically the first game went to the Jazz. Mitchell played great, though. Mitchell also played great in the second game. Um, I like. I just think the Clippers. I don't think it's the Jazz are bad. Like the Jazz are clearly good. Like Clarkson, Bogey, Ingles all putting up over 16 points. Like that, that happens. And then of course, Gobert. I just think like, I like, I like, uh, I like Kawhi and I like Paul George. And I like, I think it's a bit of a sign that they didn't collapse against the Mavericks. And like I was kind of saying last, I think maybe a while ago, I just feel like, um, I don't know if Utah's the type of team to who's really able to like uh, demoralize you at any point. I mean, if if they win tonight, or, yeah, I think they're playing tonight. It's going to be tough, but I just think Utah's kind of an easier team. I think the Clippers are going to have an easier time coming back against Utah than they would with other teams, and I think that will help them because I do think they are slightly the better team. Like, Utah's, like, Utah's good, man. And when they're making those, I mean, the narrative of the whole season has been that they're taking in, making more threes than anybody else in the NBA. And when that translates into these playoff games and we see flashes of it, like those first two games, it feels unstoppable. It looks unstoppable. And it probably is unstoppable when they're shooting at that clip. I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you as a team say, yeah, I don't know if another team in the playoffs other than Brooklyn, maybe Milwaukee can put up 137 points in a game 
uh, or really in the NBA. I think that's what that's what Utah. Uh, they actually didn't. Um, that's what it felt. It feels like Utah can do. Like they can really, really score. Um, I don't know. I just I, I like the Clippers. I'll, I'll say it. But Mitchell Mitchell's um progression not only as the first scorer but as the first scorer in a playoff setting has been impressive. Yeah, I we, know. Go ahead. We know we knew that he was he had the production and he almost had the efficiency in the regular season for the past two seasons, but he had a great playoff last year, but it was pretty short lived against Denver. Um when he, he's he's obviously you know the main target of the defense and he's still able to score 30 35 i think that's that's a big it's a big sign for me and i mean just adding on to mitchell he's last season he was unbelievable in the playoffs and he brought them as a rookie as well in a great playoff series against the against the uh, mvp Russell Westbrook OKC team and this year, I'm just going to read out some of his stat changes between the regular season and his seven-game playoff spree so far. So minutes per game, he's playing slightly less. His points per game has gone up from 26 to 32. Assists have virtually stayed the same at about five. One less rebound per game. But as far as his efficiencies, he's up from point, uh, 40, uh, 0.438 to 0.479. And then the big one is from three, from Point three eight six to shooting almost forty four percent from three. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it's it's the volume and the efficiency that's what's impressive. And his usage has gone up about five percent. Oh yeah, um yeah. I where do you, like you may differ. Do you think do you think Utah's got a better shot at it than the Clippers? Yeah. I really, this seems like kind of a copper, but I think it comes down to tonight and what type of play we see out of this Clippers team that although this year is changing, that is in the process of changing that narrative, but the team that acts like they've already been there, I mean, they give themselves the monikers like playoff P and then proceed to be PG 13% in the in, in subsequent years. Mm-hmm. And if... The Jazz win tonight, I think the series might be over. But if not, the Clippers definitely have the advantage. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's the right way of looking at it. But, uh, it, but I mean, that's the obvious cop-out. Um, yeah, and then the thing, we agree that the Clippers are um, contenders. Yes. Um now, I feel like the answer will be a strong yes for the second team, and then we'll see maybe uh, mediocre. But are the, and I feel like leading up to the playoffs um, and during the regular season, while we were kind of witnessing their regular season success, everyone always asked the question uh, are they legit contenders? You think the. Suns and or Jazz are legit contenders? I mean, for sure, I feel like I can confidently say that the Suns are contenders. And I don't 
I think we were both on board with that before the playoffs. I remember talking about the Lakers Sun series saying this might be the two best teams in the West right here. This might as well be the Western Conference Finals. And the Jazz, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, don't, I think, have that same feeling as the Suns. Yeah, one for one, like uh, the Jazz don't the Jazz don't seem as talented. Like if you really do consider uh, CP like a top four point guard, which by the way he is, it's really I mean Steph, Dame, and I think the list kind of correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, you can throw a bunch of guys in the next, but like CP's there, like the Phoenix's. Phoenix's top level is really talented too, and like Booker's, I mean Booker has to be one of the best scorers in the game. Um, you can throw the kitchen sink at him; he'll he'll still have a decent game. It feels like from the scoring department at least. And then like if if Aiton plays well, it, for me it's like you know what you're getting out of CP. If Aiden plays well and Booker plays well, like their ceiling is really high. And they have been playing well. I mean, of course, that can always change on a dime in the playoffs, but so far they've been extremely impressive in each series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so Phoenix in, you're in on Phoenix and you're out yeah. on Utah. I'm, 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 I'm half betting Utah. I'm not putting the house on it, but... Maybe a nice vacation or small rental property, you could say. Mm-hmm. Like uh, RV, a bit more than like uh, uh, RV. Exactly, um, exactly. Where else then? I mean, if we want to talk about looking forwards, I mean, if Milwaukee is able to make it out of the East through that path, would they be the biggest contender? I mean, would they be the favorite in, like over anybody in the West at this point? I guess is my question. Yeah, I think totally. I think I think the team who comes out of the East is just more battle tested. Um, if the Clippers really, really show out these next two rounds, I may change my opinion. But I think, I think even to be totally honest, even if it's Philadelphia, um, Brooklyn obviously depends on their their health. But I think even if it's Philadelphia, I think. The team from the East is actually who I'm choosing to win the championship. Although, I mean, Philadelphia and 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 Phoenix is like an oddly even, similar vibes matchup. Um, I don't know who who goes there, but like, I think yeah. For me, for me, it's Milwaukee still. No, I, I totally agree with you, and I'm staying on that Milwaukee course. And that kind of leaves me with the final question. If I'm no, this is this would be moving too far forwards, but when that happens, and if Milwaukee and if Milwaukee beats the Nets, looking a bit closer back, how do you think that changes maybe the way? Like I feel like if Durant, like you were saying earlier, balls out. The media is going to be all over him. Still one of the best, potentially the best guy you want for any given playoff series. But if he somehow blows it and James Harden comes back, it could be exactly right back to where we've been this whole time. Yeah, like, Katie will probably get heat for that. I really don't think Katie deserves any heat for what happens this season. Like, 
I I still like beginning of the season. I was kind of on him, saying that I don't think he's going to be that good. I'm I'm obviously wrong, totally wrong. I thought he was going to be in the like kind of 12 to 18th best player range. I just think it's a tough injury to come off of an entire year um, at this age. Um, to me, if if Katie falls and, and can't totally, totally dominate and pick it up, then that's that, like, he, he, he's not supposed to, I don't think. That's the reason the Nets got James Harden. Um, it's the reason he chose to be with Kyrie. Um, James Harden, on the other hand, I think, I think if, if, if he comes back and, and Katie plays really well and Harden maybe defers a bit like he did in Houston or misses kind of a ton of threes and he'll be injured, I think that's a really bad look on him. But I think Katie could, could get some flack, but for me, I, I've just been impressed with what Katie's done. I don't think it's, I don't think there's... I think I think what he's doing this season coming off that injury is is super impressive. No, and the only thing that really worries me, I guess moving forward with it, is if he's in the singular role where he's dominating every possession as best as he can, offensive and defensively. I'm worried about that injury. Uh, I think I think he looks super healthy. He looks full speed, like even the first half oh, of the season. Yeah, he looks great for sure. There was there were times where he wasn't looking full speed, even though he was super healthy. I think he's like full speed now. To be fair, it has been like a legit two years since it happened, but um, I think I think he's like he he looks and plays like he's back, and that's like me saying that when I thought in December it, it didn't even look so much that way. So I don't think sure. that's a, I don't think that's a concern, but like I I just don't know if he's if he's if he needs more primary ball handlers, if he's going to do it by himself. No. And unfortunately it would be a guy like Kyrie or James that made it look so easy for that team in those first couple games. Yeah, totally true. Like Katie, what's going to Katie going to do when Mike James is the only other guy who's really creating offense? Not that much. And And Mike James has not looked good. No, he looked really good. Uh, in the past series, in series before, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, but he's looked, yeah. I mean, he he's not really all the way an NBA player. No, you. I mean, he was great Euro League scoring champion one year, so he definitely knows how to score the ball. But as far as complimenting a guy like KD, it's a little tough. Mm-hmm. And Body with that being said, too. you know, I appreciate you complimenting me during this show today. You are listening to CFRC 101.9 FM, and I hope you all have a great morning.
Paragon Cause. And you're listening to JB on CFRC 101.9 FM. FM. Hello, I'm Tamara Cicerella, a counselor serving area residents who live with addictions or mental health concerns. Deeply committed workers like me assist people in reaching their recovery goals. On April 1st, Addictions and Mental Health Services in Kingston and Frontenac joins Lennox and Addington in offering confidential, quality services. Addictions Mental Health Services, Kingston, Frontenac, Lennox and Addington is committed to providing the best possible services to all who need it. For more information in Kingston and Frontenac, call 613-544-1356 or in Lennox and Addington, 613-354-7388. 